Welcome to a very special episode. This is a very full circle occurrence uh, because the guests I have here today, Sean and Cass, are, are literally the biggest reason why I actually took the steps to create the podcast. Of course, there's so many other amazing shows out there that inspire me, but I really just appreciate the way that they continue to to show up um, with such rawness and honesty and you'll have a chance to get to know them today if you don't already know them and get an inside look at this amazing community that they're building around the weekly radio show that they host called the church of chill and they've gathered all kinds of artists and creatives from all over the U.S. and even all over the world. Aside from the podcast and the radio show, or not aside from, um, this is really how I got to know them, actually. It was by watching their, their documentaries. They are literally like world-changing, amazing filmmakers, and I don't know why, why not everybody has seen their films, Uh, But the good news is that you can because they host them on their main website and you can literally just watch them for free. And they have a very special way of going into different places that maybe you wouldn't necessarily get to see or different visiting with different types of people, different situations and showing up with such openness and compassion that they allow the viewer to really get to know these people and get to know the human condition in a very non-judgmental, multi-dimensional, multi-perspective type of a way. So the link to where you can watch uh, all their documentaries will be in the show notes, along with where you can catch them for their weekly podcast, The Very Ape Podcast, and sign up for The Church of Chill. Hello everyone, and welcome to Archives for Aliens, a podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. What makes you tick? Mushrooms. Skull. See, an upside down skull with soccer balls in the eye sockets. I see mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think uh, a part of our practice, our creative practice is death. And I see see some death in there and I see some uh, unpredictable death and just letting go and but also like uh, some brightness behind the eyes. Yeah. And and the mushrooms that I see are uh, also a symbol of unpredictable death and rebirth. Very cool. 
predictable death. <laughs> I mean, you're going to die many deaths in this lifetime. You might as well get used to it. <laughs> Do you feel like by predictable death, you mean you like to kind of know when it's coming? Hmm. It's predictable in the sense that it is coming. It's it's an inevitable death. Uh, you know, death is inevitable. So why not embrace it? moment to moment, breath to breath, project to project, relationship to relationship, and let the old versions of you die. And I think that um, the mushroom is probably one of the things that woke us up to that. So, uh, yeah, it all kind of goes hand in hand for me. And the big other first question is, what do you guys believe about the nature of reality? This is my get to know That's a good question. one. I, I, what I believe about the nature of reality is that I'm not going to ever fully understand it within this lifetime. It's a, a, it's an unknown. I wish I could get, I wish I was, I had something on the tip of my tongue that was more well, certain. I, 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 I'm going to go off what you're saying. Like I, um, I don't, I, I think it's chaos. I think there's a lot going on. There's a lot of patterns playing out, but a lot of patterns, so many so that us monkeys couldn't wrap our heads around it. So I don't really try to. I um I I like to dip into different realities and different dimensions but for the most part we're we're pretty grounded people and I just take it moment to moment and I look at this incarnation as a a, a chance to wake up to evolve the soul and uh everything that happens I look as a as a, a symbol for that and you know a, a reason to wake up as opposed to going back to sleep in the moment to moment so, uh, yeah. Reality. Yeah, I know. You guys are really open yeah. people. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, that, that's part of it is like, that's part of the growth. That's part of evolving the soul is acceptance is like, I can understand everything. I can't wrap my head around everything. I don't necessarily want to put everything in a like nice, tidy, pretty little package. So, um, you know, just trying to surf the waves. That's what it feels like. And if you're going to do that and you're going to do it with grace, you have to have some sense of openness and acceptance and self-love and self-forgiveness. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe better not to actually put it into words. <laughs> it, well, it's just very tough to put into words. I, I think we love that's but that's one of our artistic practices is trying to put into words the ineffable and trying to bring back remnants of these realms and dimensions that we can tap into through our love, through psychedelics, through making art, these kind of things. I definitely think you do it in your films. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to touch upon today too, is just like, you both seem to have a gift of openness, like both as individuals, but also helping other people open up. Thank you. I mean, I think that's like what it's all about is that we're, we're kind of unsatisfied or unsatiated if, uh, if someone doesn't open up to us, you know, so we kind of like try to facilitate the environment where we can feel comfortable and open with someone and hopefully and ideally they can feel the same way around us. You know, that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, and I, I, and it's also just like where the magic of, of life and connectivity is, is when um, 
when you can help people out, when you can inspire people and so many people inspire us and we get so fucking down and in the dumps and think we've lost our mojo and all negative stories, we're just as victim to them as anybody. But when we are doing good, to share that with people and share how we think we got there and help map the territory, it's like a treasure map for fucking good times. So we want to share that with people and we want to help elevate people. And when we're down, they inevitably do it for us. So it's you you really uh you you get what you give in this life and that really is is reflected in the films a lot of people are like how do you do that how do you get people to be like that and i'm like i don't know i don't really hang out with other directors i don't know how they do it but i i i get what i give if i'm if i'm raw and vulnerable and myself and i don't seem like i'm wearing too many masks there the subjects in the films aren't going to put on too many masks and you're going to you're going to yeah. get a deeper version of them that more people can relate with that transcends um the identities that society's thrust on some of these people like like addict sex worker whore uh juggalo a misfit outcast whatever it starts to transcend that when if if I'm going to that deeper place in myself and they feel that from me even just vibe wise they usually meet us there and uh you know the the cameras and the microphones and everything kind of just dissolves dissolves away and it's it's me and the subject having a conversation and uh to be able to bring that to people those like those little like honest moments between people i think it helps them see deeper parts of themselves because um we're, we're we're so separated into our roles that it's not often that we can see ourselves in other people especially really fringy type of characters so that's what the film works really been based around kind of that concept of how do we hold up a sacred mirror and show everybody that we are each other. I definitely think that you do that. Do you have um any group or population that you you kind of want to check in with in the future? I know you probably have a long dream list. Yeah, we're just we're always looking for uh magicians. I think that's, you know, not, not like literal magicians, but just people that have a lot of tricks up their sleeves, people who are multidimensional, people who can surprise you and, uh, entertain you. And so we're just looking for people that, that have that magic on tap and they could be anywhere. So it's weird when we're in, when we're in the mode of making a film, I kind of love it because I'm so inspired to make this, this film that like, I'm seeing the world as a film and I'm seeing people as characters and subjects. Uh, but when we're not making a film, I really got to fucking pull my head out of that because it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of too much. Mm. I don't, I, I kind of want to, I want to just, just kind of take in the vibes instead of, uh, filter them down to what I think would be good for a movie all the time. But people inspire us, people inspire us. And when we're gearing up to make one and when we have enough money to make one, and when we're inspired, magic happens. The universe provides, and I think that's that's one of the things about being an artist and having done it for a long time that I'm starting to realize that um, the universe rewards you for your commitment to this thing, and for going towards your desires and for expressing yourself better. Because I used to be superstitious about it. I'm like, how do I keep finding these people? How do how do I keep getting them to do this? And you do it long enough and you see this is a pattern playing out like a muse comes to me and a pattern starts playing out 
And if I start chasing the muse and serving the muse, the universe gives back, and it gives back in the form of the subjects, in the form of me being inspired, in the form of my collaborators being inspired, in the form of even having an audience to look at these things. So um, it, it's it's all like a, I don't know. It, it really it really informs how we live that whole process of of making a film, and you know what when it's time to kind of put on that lens about the world and when it's time to kind of just go a little bit easier on yourself and take it all in. What life experiences do you think helped you develop that openness? Um, I think for, for Cass and I, it's, it's been different. Like Cass is a very sweet soul and, um, like her parents are just like really cool and my parents are really cool. And I think it helps us. Like, I think we both grew up in a situation where um, we weren't punished. Like, I don't remember ever getting grounded. Did you? No. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I I think, like, our our parents were sweet in a way, and uh, they had their own problems. And But I I think that there was an openness and an encouragement. And, uh, you know, like, I I think I saw my my dad struggle a lot with, with addiction, and it made me have to open my heart. Him and I were just talking about this on the phone today. He's like, I can't believe that after 40 years, I'm about to turn 40. He's like, that we're tighter than ever. And he's like, it really wasn't always like that, you know, cause it, cause it wasn't. And, um, you know, we, we managed to get over it. And I think that having somebody so close to me make my life feel so out of control made me have to let go in a way that, um, made it easy to do in, in some of these other situations. It made me, um, really compassionate for people that were struggling because I wanted my dad to do better and I knew he didn't want to be doing what he was doing. So, uh, yeah, just giving him the love he needed helps me give everyone the love they need because that was, I was very resistant to it. So I, I think it's a pattern like that playing out for sure. That's really cool because now you guys get to bring it like to a group of people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like your new morning show. <laughs> Thank you. The come up. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. We'll see what happens with it, but uh yeah, we thought of that idea like a year or so ago. And yeah, it's just coming to fruition. We'll see what happens. You were taking it one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I understand like that's a lot every day. Yeah, it's uh it's been fun um and we're going to see what kind of incarnation it has and what kind of lifespan it has, but we're, we're not attached. It's, it's like we, uh, are, do, we couldn't do something like that with a lot of attachment. So we're, we're, we're kind of, uh, yeah, we're testing the waters of what it even feels like to put out a transmission every day and like waking up to people having already experienced your being and some of your thoughts. It's just like, a, it's very, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's super surreal. I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, it's intense. It's intense. Like I, I we, we wake up to people already like, wow, this was cool or I can't believe it. I just had this synchronicity. So there's already this like little sparkle in our day and this magic, but it's also very intense for people who like believe it or not, we're kind of like we're kind of private. We're like we can do this podcast and be vulnerable on it because it's not like a whole bunch of people in a room. We're not like holding court. Like we're like we're just talking to a person. We're just talking to each other when we do our podcast. But, um, yeah, it's, it's super raw. Well, I like all the things that you guys do to, like, build a community. 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably been the most fruitful and fun and unexpected part of our journey is like finding that they're like-minded homies that kind of are all about the same thing and that we want to encourage other people to make art and other people encourage us to make art. And um, like when you sent you sent us this incredible painting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't even know what I could do as a like an art trade for that. And it was just <laughs> uh, so much fun and so inspiring. And it, I feel like you've blessed our space mm. um, very intensely. Aww. So we're very I think I forgot it. to explain it. Oh. The title, it's Raise Your Hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it like I'm raising my hand like, hey, I'm over here, guys. Uh, <laughs> like raising up my little flag. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. Well, it, now I'm going to, th- I mean, I know that that's what it said on the back, but now I'm going to look at it all, all differently because you're definitely now a part of our, our daily existence. I, I does, definitely don't go a day without like admiring it. Yeah, me too. It's across the room from like, it's exactly across from where I sit, so. Well, thank you. Yeah, so it's, it's your, it's a flag. It's a. Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. I love flags. I love it. Like you know, not like like national flags or whatever, but like freak flags. Like these are our yeah. little freak flags. That's what totally. That's what these <laughs> transmissions are. That's what the paintings are. That's what songs are. There are like we're raising up our little freak flags and to <laughs> right right now, what's become the mission for us beyond any one film or any one podcast or series or anything like that is building the community. Like trying to make an art out of that. And like see how that can naturally come together without it being about us or really even having to do that much, but but hold space and kind of set a vibe that people have run with and people blow us away every day. I'm like, holy shit, why are you paying attention to us? Why are you why are you why are you coming towards us? This is so crazy because people are so talented and like yourself, it's like it kind of blows us away. So it's this it's this um I don't know. I think that's the next chapter for us is figuring out how to artistically build community and make people feel comfortable and make them feel accepted. And like they can fly their, their freak flags and (laughs) that, uh, it's all groovy. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone can fly their own freak flag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's become kind of necessary, like in this time where we're, you know, having to interact with people a little more digitally and because it's a little more digital, like it doesn't really matter if the person's like in your neighborhood or not. You know, and so many people have been able to connect, um, you know, across the country or even across the world, which is super cool. I know that's one of the reasons I started a podcast is to, like, put out my tentacles. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to do that. I I feel like it's the best thing we ever did in terms of that. And it's weird because our films, like, have, like, a million views and our podcast has like 300 so it's but it's weird that the podcast has felt much more essential for our life because um it is more personal and and um it's it's like it's so stripped down that if people are vibing with it we know we'll be friends with them so that's all it's really become about it's like how do we make friends oh like let's put out this podcast let's be let's really be ourselves let's not try to come off like we know fucking anything or or we're, we're a healer or we're spiritualists or we're anything. We're just like, we're just good homies and we want to find the other good homies and help those find those homies find their homies. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, like, it, it's a practice and it's a practice of letting go and, and giving back and then letting go and giving back. Tending to a garden, it feels like. Oh, Yeah. Well, I think one of the coolest parts about it is how many artists you guys have gathered. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. It seems like every single person that listens to our podcast is a, not only an artist, but like really good and they're dope. So I don't know how the hell that happens because, uh, you know, we're just still trying to get good at stuff. So I don't, I don't even feel like we have a real mastery over anything in particular and all these people who are just like fine craftsmen. It's crazy. It's it's exciting, though, because it validates like us putting out the transmissions that we do, especially when it comes to Church of Chill and putting out a radio show, because the idea with it is that ideally people are making art, you know, and dropping in and taking time away from scrolling or whatever or TV and just like uh, being and when you're being maybe creating. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's cool. It's really makes us really happy. And it's inspiring. It's so inspiring, like, uh, and and it and it's not always like on the conscious level, but like, we have a channel on our Discord that's art, and that's probably one of the most popular ones. Every someone's posting something every day, and every time, I'm like, wow, okay. It might not be on the conscious level that I'm saying I got to do something, but it really does make me want to do something because they're just such beautiful expressions and they're so pure, and yeah, it makes me want to pick up the guitar. Yeah, the simpler something someone puts up, the like more I'm like, oh, like oh, I could kind of do something like that. Like sometimes when art is too good, I'm like, I can't even, I yeah. couldn't even do anything. So I think having like the range of skill level, I'll say, which is, seems silly, but um, of like whether it's someone did like a doodle on their iPad or a little note or like a painting that took them four hours or eight hours or whatever, having that range is like it allows you to be like, okay, no matter what, like what I can do is is fun and worth doing. Yeah, um, I've actually been really inspired by the channel, too, and I, I totally agree. I started, I think I shared in there, I started working in clay. Yeah, yeah those are awesome. Like, so new to me, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're all mm -hmm. cracking, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, those are incredible. Yeah, just playing around with clay, and then also, that channel inspired me to start uh, using crayons more. Wow, cool. Crayons are important. They are. Yeah, they. I think just the feel of them and the sound and the smell and just that word it it brings us back to childhood. And if and that, like if that's not all, like that's all I'm trying to do too with it, with any artistic practice is like try to bring it back into an innocence that people can relate with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's accessible to everyone. You know, you don't have to. Your what the imprint that you put out is still like an extension of you and you're beautiful so you want to see what everyone does because everyone's so beautiful so it's like i want to see what you do with a blank piece of paper or with some crayons or with yeah. clay you know yeah i mean i think for me creativity is like how my form of spirituality mm. i don't know right if you on. guys have ever felt like that but i feel like it's it my way of like connecting well, seeing your art, it doesn't surprise me. I'm like, if you're not having a spiritual connection when you paint these creatures and worlds, like, I, I don't know then. <laughs> art and psychedelics fuel our spirituality and the painting that you sent us uh, is beautiful and, and rainbow and Ka that's Cass's favorite. Anything rainbow is Cass's favorite. But I could have sworn when we, when we unrolled this painting, I was like, she smoked toad. Uh, I'm like it's, it's simple like I was like it was just like whoa this is the toad universe it looks it look kind of looks from far away I'm like is there frogs on there is there a toad like I like kind of when you held up that card how I see mushrooms so it's one of the lenses that I see the world but interesting it, yeah but that's that's my connection to spirit a lot of times is uh you know because the psychedelics serve as a reminder the meditations a reminder 
making art as a reminder, but also seeing people's art and see and and I'm now me imbuing it with meaning far after you've made it. I like that though. I prefer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there's something about leaving your art, I think, open enough. Open opens the word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> open yeah. enough for interpretation. A lot of people struggle with that. I think that's a that's that's a hurdle. Because, um, well, it's well in my world, because I, I think a lot of documentaries aren't art. They're, they're content, and mm. they're holding an audience's hand th- through an experience to bring them to a conclusion that they want to bring them to. And had, uh, you know, if, if people approached it with more openness and didn't assume that the audience were a bunch of fucking dumbasses who couldn't put shit together, I think you would, uh, you would get like I'm saying, a lot more different kinds of meanings imbued onto these films and a lot more openness and empathy could flow through it. But a lot of the, a lot of the documentaries we see now are like meant to demonize someone or something and like very much just take you right down that path. And even when we approach subject matter where it'd be easy to do that, we resist that. We don't want to... Yeah. We don't want... We want it to remain open. We want it to... Um, pull everyone in we're not just targeting people we we don't want to just preach to the choir so you got to leave enough openness there for interpretation and I I think uh, it's a practice that more people especially in my medium could get used to for sure and in music in music too I mean a lot of the the stuff that I hear on on the radio or when I'm in the bodega or whatever I'm like come on what do you take us for Hmm. (laughs) you think we're dumbasses (laughs) Yeah. No, when when I watch your films, I feel like I'm going through at least like 10 different people's perspectives of the person, not Mm. just that person's perspective, but like of the filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is now that these are on YouTube, like the comments, they're so wild and varied and people don't hold back on YouTube. We used to post our films on on this site called Vimeo. That was more filmmakers. Everyone was nice on there. But on, on YouTube, people go crazy. And just seeing the people's reactions, like sometimes it'll just really make your heart hurt, the hatred that'll pour out of people, the judgment. They'll they'll watch our film, Oxiana, and just be like, get rid of these people. These are the worst human beings on earth. Like, It's like, wow, this didn't elicit any sympathy. Like, In a way, like, okay, fine, all right. I, it's not necessarily what I, I was trying to do. On, I didn't want to be super on the nose about that. But then you see other responses of people like, this really helped me. I'm, I'm seven months sober, and I was, I was about to slip up, and then I watched this, and it was, remi- it was a great reminder. And just the whole fucking rainbow spectrum of feelings that you could have towards something. And for me to, to like tap in and see that from time to time, it's it's really wild. The 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 various meanings that that film's taken on. All of our projects really that have gotten out there to more people. Same thing, Florida Man. Same thing, American Juggalo. Yeah, it's like they're their own entity. They're, yeah, you like you have to like we're good, we're really good to them when they're in the womb, but when we birth them, we understand they're not ours anymore, and that. Uh, that they're going to be the the world is going to do with it what that what they want and you have to let go and just let your little baby grow up and some of them are just do just fine and some of them i'm like oh god you're a problem child fuck what did i do what did i put out there <laughs> i keep getting negative reflections <laughs> oh 
Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how hard that would be with something like a movie. Just oh God! The amount of time and energy that you've lived in it. Yeah, then just you be slave like, over it. I know. <laughs> oh God, you slave over it, and people will just write it off, and you're like, damn. So you know, it makes me a little skittish to tell you the truth, and I got to get over this. But it does make me skittish to go towards it. You know, every time, I'm just like, oh. God, what am I inviting into my life right now? Beyond just going broke making it and taking so much time and all that stuff. I love we love making them. But it's like it's like that. Like shit, beyond uh beyond people loving or hating it, the the thing that's way worse is the indifference when something just like kind of falls flat and it takes years for it to find its audience. And you just gotta be patient with it and leave it out there and people will come around to it for one reason or another. So we've been lucky in that way. Yeah, no, I've I've felt indifference too with some of my work. It is absolutely I remember I only was it once? I mean really only once I've done like an art fair. Mm. (laughs) I would never do that again. You just watch people walk by. Oh some people walk in for one second. Eh nope. (laughs) Rough. Whoa, that's too that's too much. Like uh, we I could we like hundreds (laughs) to just watching films to to audiences because like that's it, I, I get too much of a heart attack i can't handle it like i know a lot more people see it on the internet but i'm not around them i don't get to see them be like oh no click gone you know i don't i don't get to see that but when you're in the theater with people i've like that's the closest i've ever felt to, like like i was having a heart attack like i really a couple times showing my work especially early on my heart was pounding out of my chest like i could see my heart coming out i'm like what the fuck is happening right now like i can't handle this you know so Luckily, we've we've had a good reception, <laughs> but the film festivals yeah. aren't for me. No, I mean, I feel like you really have to be in touch with yourself and constantly be, like, building up confidence. It, and, it, and, and to me, it's like, it's not even about me. I just hope I did right by the people. Like, I can't, I can't handle, like, an audience, like, a room full of people being like, eh, I don't really care about them. Like, oh, it crushes me. It crushes me. It really hasn't happened that much, but, you know, from time to time, you just, you hit that wrong note with, with the wrong crowd and it's just uh, not fun. Yeah. Being an artist, it's a, it's a difficult job. Rewarding. Very rewarding. Very Mm -hmm. rewarding. I think think you guys probably would agree. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pain, um, but I don't know. Someone said the pain is inherent, but the suffering isn't. So you just kind of you got to just breathe and you just got to keep going with it and find inspiration everywhere you can. And when you do serve it, serve the inspiration, like make things come to fruition, train your cells. Like Cass always says, train your cells and your muscles to, to reward those desires that are, that are good ideas. So, Cause that's just, that's what it is, is your ideas. And, and, um, yeah, if you reward your cells and your and your muscles by f- completing things, I think it's a really good practice. And just putting yourself out there that, that that's the that's the hardest part. Like a lot of people can toil away and keep their stuff private, but putting it out there is a whole another roller coaster ride. Hmm. Do you experience that? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I I, I think like the to me the projects the project's not done until it's it's being seen by people and they're putting their meaning on it it's not it's not finished yet so 
you know, concept to completion with a film can be a really a, a long process. You could, could have thought of a, of a title for something, and that's it. That was that was the root of the idea years ago, and then just it's grown and it's grown, and it really it's not bearing fruit until people are seeing it. Not when I finished it. Me and my editor are like celebrating when people are seeing it. That's that's when it's bearing fruit. And that's the standard I have to hold myself to 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 even make films. But it applies to podcasts, and I think that's why we love doing podcasts is because we can do that same process in a day. We can wake up in the morning and be like, oh, man, let's do an episode called Placating the Masses, and I can talk about a bunch of like political stuff that's been on my mind, and we'll just, we'll just get that out of our system. And uh, it's good because it's not rolling around in there for too long. We get on there, we just say some stuff to each other, edit it, put it out, and later that night people are being like, fuck you, dude you know or like i totally agree or whatever the hell it is and it's that same process but it's on a micro level and i i love i love podcasting for that reason yeah i mean that's a really speedy way to like connect with the world bring your peace to the world and connect out there and hear back about yeah. it yeah yeah and and also to learn to not take ourselves too seriously like we put this stuff out there, but we kind of put it out there in like a silly stoner type of way. And also we can't take those things too seriously. It's like we put like once I once I put it out there, once I fucking say the bitter thing about how Joe Biden has screwed this country so far and like he was supposed to be our savior. <laughs> once I say that, I'm like, I'm not taking it too seriously. And it's like, OK, well, I got that off my chest and it's not like rattling around and like like growing anger or anything in me. So I think for that reason, it's like therapeutic in a way. Wouldn't you agree? It's uh, definitely a fel- uh, self-forgiveness generator. <laughs> oh, my God. That <laughs> process is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we put it out, and it's like, why do we feel, like, hungover and, like, oh, God, what the fuck? It's just, like, it, it's you got to just bring that self-forgiveness in, right? Yeah, it's a little bit of a vulnerability hangover sometimes so sometimes regret sometimes like judgment self-judgment and sometimes you're just like all right well i hated myself on that episode or i hated something i said but like let me try to do better next time and realize that's not that big of a deal not that many people uh care and it's kind of like created this world of not being that serious about anything like wanting to speak with integrity wanting to just say things with love and wanting to put out a positive transmission and i think part of that process is not uh being too painstaking about it or too self-critical so when it does come up all the self-judgment and stuff it's kind of like all right this is this is part of it it's Mm -hmm. part of the dance for us and it's part of the reason we do it it's a part of the reason we get a lot out of doing the podcast despite you know how many people listen or whatever it is because it allows us to uh, upgrade our operating systems and and feel the reflection like when you see someone watch or respond to a film or a podcast or it does complete the circuit in a way that allows you to be like oh like this is hitting me where it hits you like where you kind of like it's like drinking something and like where it gets stuck you're not like oh i don't know that moment was like a little awkward oh that's stuck or like oh i I said something out of bitterness here and you're like, oh no. And you just, you kind of like have to just like let it flow through and then give a little extra attention to the places that maybe you aren't super proud of. And then you're just like, hopefully do better next time. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. 
Oh, and then I don't know if you guys listen, re-listen to them when you edit them. Uh, barely. Barely, a little bit. I mean, more so now because we have to. Um, we're we're putting them on YouTube and we're cutting between cameras. So, but usually, actually, it's good for me because I'm like, oh, um, I'm saying this phrase too much or I've, or likes and ums yeah just the, just little things like that or i oh i know when i find my flow or oh we can set up stories better just like little things like that that um we actually we we get pretty good at once we acknowledge them once we acknowledge like oh we're saying a like a lot or we're saying you know all the time or whatever my practice you know? when i <laughs> really hate a podcast where i'm just like whoa i was just that was awful i was just awful i'll go back and listen to it and I always imagine it more awful than it actually was. Always. So, you know, like, it's so funny. The stories that you can tell yourself are pretty dramatic. Like, oh, I was so I was so all over the place. I didn't have my thoughts about me at all. I didn't articulate myself well. I used like too many times. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, it actually kind of flowed. Actually, it's not that that's bad. that's my favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> and, and that's where, like, real self-love comes in. You're just like, cool. That, I mean, that that's... That's the most recent reflection of who I am, and I love that person. Like, let's, yeah, it's it's good. I actually love this. We uh, we try not to preach or proselytize, but I will say there is probably one thing we preach the most, which is moving the energy. And I think that that's been the practice with us. Like, make the movie you want to make, make the podcast you want to record, do the doodle you're interested in, because. When you do that, you kind of close that door and you can open another one. And sometimes uh, new doors don't present themselves until you kind of complete the vision that you had mm-hmm. of uh, whether it's a podcast or... Um, do you find that with your painting? Like you, if you have an idea for a painting, it's hard to move to the next one unless you give yeah. that one attention. Interesting. Actually, interesting question. I feel like that in life a lot, for sure. Mm. Um, and for me, I think it's also about like honoring the idea, like giving attention to it. Cause I used to think, oh, it's just a silly idea. It's not important. Why should I over here make this thing? <laughs> so by actually mm. creating it, I feel like it, it honors the, the concept of it for the thing oh. that's beyond me. Um, but my paintings, rarely I have a solid idea for my paintings. Mm. But projects in general, that's how I do stuff. Like I just made yeah. a a book that I'm really excited about. Yeah, that looks awesome. Oh, we can't yeah. wait to uh, order a copy. Um, yeah, it's it it's like kind of, uh, there's an element of service in it, you know? Whether you're serving the muse maybe, serving the universe, serving your future self, you know? It's, it's unclear who you're serving, but... You should serve somebody. Yeah, I'm not going to try to decide which one of those that is either. (laughs) But for some reason, it needs to be served. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, do you guys, other than, let's see, Cass, I know you paint. Sean, what other kinds of, like, art do you do for fun? Um, I've been playing guitar and... That's uh, la- last night was my favorite time playing guitar. So that's the most. That's what's on my mind right now, for sure. Um, uh, because that was an uphill climb to even learn how to get my hands in those positions to do it and form calluses and everything. And now that I have a little bit of that, I'm like, oh my god, I can make something that sounds good. And Cass wasn't annoyed by it last night or anything. Like I was playing for hours, and 
it really helped because I'm I'm feeling a little uh, tumultuous tumultuous emotionally, and I knew um, I knew I could have sat there and just watched podcasts and fucking done whatever on the internet, surfed around on the internet and read stuff and scrolled away. But I I I was feeling so down that I was like, if I just put the guitar in my hand, I know that it'll start giving back eventually. And like 20 minutes into playing time just slipped away i felt like i was flowing i like i was remembering chords i was able to make things sound like something and it's it's a new thing for me in the in the past year but i'm really enjoying it so i want to get further into that and all music but i mean i like the the other the other main thing that i think of as something i want to turn to in art and now i think we're getting there really is with the church of chill the uh radio show and I don't know what you'd call that, DJing or or whatever vibe setting. I don't know what you would call. We're trying I'd... to, uh, we're trying to see how where we can take space holding too, you know, mm-hmm. and with music or art or bringing friends together and holding space, holding ceremony. Yeah, we're we're dis- we're uh, taking one step at a time, baby steps into to what that means and. Um, I don't know. I don't know when this is coming out, but probably by the time this is out, we will have released our hundredth episode of Church of Chill. Yeah, which is we're very excited about because we had our friend Josh Craig, who's an incredible DJ, uh, spin some very old, um, unpopular. Not un- I wouldn't say unpopular, but like unknown artists. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, first printing records that you know never really made the rounds and. Uh, we filmed him doing that in this like really cool space and it, it's like this two and a half hour experience that you could throw on on YouTube and just like we held space for you like you yeah. can do this you can hang out with us and, and listen to music or you can just listen to it and it's a kind of like a new thing it feels like a hybrid between Church of Chill our podcast and our films it's called A Sacred Groove that'll be out on YouTube and uh, yeah I mean you can hear all the other episodes on Patreon because that's where we have to hide them because we uh, we were getting so many copyright strikes we almost lost our whole podcast feed they were like if you do this one more time that we're tearing this whole thing down and so we had to it was so heartbreaking and one night we had to take every church chill episode and every podcast episode that had copyrighted music we had had to take it all down at once Mm. and uh like really come up with a plan quickly and that's but uh, like dying that death made us be like okay i guess we have to put this on patreon even if people just pay one cent a month we have to hide it behind this paywall because we won't have we won't get copyright strikes and lose our podcast so doing that made us form this discord and this discord has helped us meet countless homies all over the fucking place and people are sharing stuff and cast this art exchange on there so yeah like cast is saying we're trying to take holding space and community building into the artistic realm I really like the idea of music as a form of space holding. Mm. Especially when you get to take people on these journeys that they wouldn't usually go on. Like I really mm. enjoy it and I know I, probably other people feel this way too, but like if you're on Spotify or anything, the Spotify algorithm, you know, it knows you too well. It thinks it knows you. It doesn't know me. Yeah. <laughs> it never throws <laughs> anything fun in there and that's like my favorite part about music. Yeah. Yeah, you're, where you're like, what is this? And then you get to go down the rabbit hole. It's it's my favorite thing. That's why I like having people like Josh Craig in our life is it's sacred to us. That's why we call this a sacred groove. It's like 
it means a lot him sharing this stuff to me and sharing this stuff with with our people and yeah records his dad was a dj his dad collected records and yeah uh, some of these things have been handed down since the 60s and made it to 2021 in some weird uh mushroom ceremony between me Cass, and josh that we were recording like it's you have to go back and explain a little more about this one (laughs) (laughs) um oh well basically uh we uh, we took mushrooms josh every time josh comes around um, I have to, it, it, he's, he's one of the, one of my gurus in this way. He makes me have to let go because I don't know what he's going to bring. I don't know how long he's going to be around and I, we always have a good time. So I just submit to it and he came through and he was like, let's take some mushrooms tonight for this session. And I was like, damn, cause that's, those, those are like my strictest teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good time on mushrooms. Like everything else I have a great time on mushrooms. So it's usually very personal and quiet. She's a little bit of a dominatrix. Yeah, for Cass, it's the opposite. It's like there, she's just like, yeah, moving and grooving. So like, we take these mushrooms and we start recording, and I was just a fucking mess. I was just a, in a puddle for like the first hour and a half, and then I came to life. But um, wait, you were recording yeah, Josh, the Church of Chill? What were you recording? Yeah, Church okay. of Chill episode one hundred. Uh, yeah, it was a mushroom ceremony. Uh, <laughs> I hope I don't even know if that comes across. I don't but, think it comes across at all. Yeah, a little behind the scenes. Yeah, it's more behind the scenes. And, you know, a lot of those episodes have some sort of besides music being the sacrament. There's some sort of sacrament that we're that we're doing. That whether it's it's just pot or edibles or ketamine or hape, whatever mushrooms, acid. Yeah, you know. I know you guys have so many different relationships with substances. That was something (laughs) I wanted to touch upon here, too. Like, (sighs) I've never really heard people talk about this in such an open way. Yeah, it's a shame. I think it's part of the reason we're willing to is because, like, we're good. You know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to get through life. We're not, we don't need to be, like, in legitimate society that much so we can speak to this stuff and um kind of show how it's informed our art and how it's informed our life and that you don't have to take psychedelics all the time to live a psychedelic lifestyle and you know we've we've formed friendships and allyships with these plants and these medicines and we take them very seriously we take them with reverence and we try to put ceremony around them and um, we take the integration very seriously. And like, what, what do you always say? That you live a good life so you can take psychedelics. And I take psychedelics so I can live a good life. Yeah. You know, it very much like I try to keep grounded in this reality so that when I'm on a crazy acid trip, I'm like, oh, I'm still grounded. Not like, oh, I was in this mush of thoughts and then I took the acid and now I'm in a deeper mush of thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me try to do the things to take care of myself in this world so I'm not like punished mm. when I'm in that realm and then when i go to that realm to like be like oh this is what's this is i'm seeing with an expanded consciousness so that i can come back here and be like so grateful and excited about everything that's going on yeah and the potential and the connections yeah it's 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 served our life so we'll speak to it you know in the same way like if if somebody was like uh how do y'all look so incredible i'd say we just plants you know (laughs) or whatever if anyone would ever say that but you know, uh, it's it's just it's it's one of those things. It's just made our life a little bit better. So as has meditation, you know, as has learning more conscious communication, and as has making art. All these things. 
I don't hesitate because that's how I got turned on is other people being open and saying like, I've been plant based 24 years and blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. I've been doing meditation for this long or, you know, I did this psychedelic trip. It's like other people have allowed me to have the confidence to explore those worlds and see that as a lifestyle choices. Mm. And um, I think that unless we're open, um, it's just, it's not like we're going to tell people what to do, but we, we try to uh, cr- map out the territory of what's possible at least for, for people that want to have fun. That's not everyone's trip. That's our trip. And like that, that kind of that caveats, everything that we say is like, we are devoted. We don't have kids for a reason. We don't have a lot of responsibilities for a reason. It's cause like we want to have fun. We want to have a really fun and funny life. And these things help remind us of that and they help keep us on that path and they help keep things funny. It's not something you have to do all the time. It's not something that, um, you need to do the rest of your life because some of the message you get the message, same message over and over. Like, what are you doing? But we, we use this stuff, um, to, to help keep us artistically inspired and keep us extremely humble to practice dying. That's a big one. (laughs) And I I think it informs who we are and I think it informs our art. So I think it's important to speak to it every now and then just for those reasons. And, uh, I don't know. It might not always be the case, but we're willing to now. Well, and the lucky thing about the format of podcasting or being on YouTube is that uh, we might come up on your feed, but we're not forced upon you. You know what I mean? If you kind of want to hear these conversations, you can tune in. But if it's not your vibe, like, it's no harm, no foul, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm interested to know a little bit more about, like, what do you mean when you say psychedelic lifestyle? Like, what does it mean to you? endless possibilities um boundary dissolving um making your own rules getting in touch with your moral center and getting in touch with your heart and living your life through that and not necessarily the structures that are thrust on us because that's what the psychedelics tear down and when you take them they show you the high watermark of how to live like that because you can live like that in a day and we just kind of take that example and run with it. It works really well for, for the lifestyle that we had already set up for ourselves. But it's, um, it's a sense that anything can happen. It's a sense of adventure. It's a sense of openness. It's a sense of mystery. And, uh, you know, inviting mystical experiences into your life, I think, is... Uh, we, I put it on par with, with having sex and falling in love and like as, as essential life experiences. Again, it's, it's not for everyone and you want to definitely do your research and be safe and the right set and setting and everything. All that aside, I think it's an essential experience. I think it's something um, I wouldn't trade for the world. It's, it's really, it's, uh, it's, it's informed almost everything we've done since, since we did it because it's, it's shown us a side of us and it's shown us how to... Um, it's shown us that we are God and that we can, we can create and change our reality and that we, that we, um, we are endlessly divine beings. And these are things I really wasn't aware of until I took a bunch of mushrooms on a whim. And, uh, that was such a powerful message that like we keep going back to get some more lessons from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Cass, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I second everything Sean said, but I think um, it kind of like brings in 
it has it has given me a spiritual experience it has connected me with the idea of god and oneness and i think that it's reminded me that the point and it reminds me that the point is to let go you know and 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 kind of like a lot of buddhist teachings are very much in line with the psychedelic experience of you know attachment creates suffering mm. and um you know wanting to uh, like clear your mind, you know, and, and that your thoughts aren't that important, you know, and they may not even yeah. be coming from you. They may be coming from outside sources. They may be coming from energetic. Uh, and it's kind of, I used to give a lot of value to my thoughts and my fears and my anxieties. And I used to really, I don't know. I just, I, I live a, a more enjoyable existence now. I'm not always not stressed. I'm stressed sometimes. I'm scared sometimes. I go through the gamut of emotions, but generally i've just had a much better experience at life since i've done the psychedelic experiences because i've understood that i don't understand and when you don't understand it's like you can't get too serious about any one thought or version of reality because it's so transient you know it's so shifting and once you kind of like are on that endless rainbow flow of uh the shifting kaleidoscopic nature of reality you can kind of have a little more fun on the ride yeah i mean like and, and there there is like a slightly addictive quality to facing your fears and, and like really facing your fears shit you didn't even know was was controlling your life and you know once you it's such a like a cleansing rebirth type of emotion that it's uh I don't know. It's, it's, it's worth, it's worth going towards. It's worth exploring. Um, especially for artists. If you, if you want to see your work take on new dimensions, you got to find them in yourself. So this is one of the shortcuts. And, you know, of of course, as soon as we discovered mushrooms, we got right into meditation. Thank God, like Cass just signed us up to learn TM meditation. We've been doing it every day, twice a day for eight years now, ever since. And, it just all starts to mellow you out and teach you not to take shit too seriously, not to take your thoughts too seriously and learn how to ride these waves a little nicer. Yeah. I I think it sounds like the way you're describing it is like a metaphor for like how to take care of yourself and how to approach the world. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It makes you more conscious. And, uh, when if if you're not immediately like hitting the snooze button on that and trying to shrink your consciousness back into its basic form you can take that expanded consciousness and it automatically starts paying dividends in like you're more aware of what you're putting in your body you're more aware of of what you're watching you're more of aware of all the external stimuli going on around you and how it's affecting you and if you're willing to do something about it if you're that type of person which we are we just took ourselves on as the art project, the work in progress, the endless work in progress, that we are the art. And that's how we want to affect people and we want to inspire people. So these are some of the things that inspire us. That's a crazy thought. Just like the art of presence and awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. New category, I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you can feel it, you know, you get around somebody it's, and it's, it's interesting because we've come across a few of these beings from doing the podcast. We get to meet someone like Dr. Bill Richards, who's been doing psychedelic research since the sixties. And he's the head of the John Hopkins studies that everyone pays attention to. We went down to his house in Maryland and he answered the door and it was just, he was just, you could just feel the, the love and the light and the compassion and you could just see it coming out of him. 
And um, he's the one that actually told us that that we're that we are all works of art and that we're works in progress. And and to be around a being like that who was 80 years old, you know, and 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 just really feel it. It's like that's something to aspire to. How did you get there? Oh, you weren't averse to trying psychedelics and allowing them to affect you and allowing them to change your mind about things and allowing them to tear down the walls around your heart and run with that. That's interesting. So it's like the relationship between yourself, the different parts of yourself, but then also the relationship you have with your art. Yeah, absolutely. It's our art is just one of the, the ways we express ourselves. So you know, I, I want to have pure expressions. So I need to understand like a pure side of myself, uh, not such an egotistical personality driven side of myself. Because I want a lot of people to connect with my stuff and I want a lot of people to connect with the people that are so generous to be on camera for us. So I search for that pure part of me. I try to live, I try to live through that motherfucker, but mushrooms help me get there. You know, my, mushrooms have, have helped me uh, gain acceptance. Smoking toad changed the whole the whole lens on my life, and it, it just it gave me endless forgiveness for myself and all the people that I fucked with, and the people that have fucked with me, and just like it's just that there's a lightness that comes with that, there's a purity that comes with that, and I want that to come through in our our podcast and the radio show and and the films. So you have to search for that. You have to search for those those qualities in yourself that you want to transmute you can't transmute what you do not possess so you got to find that love and uh there's lots of ways to access it yeah no i think it's so cool that you you do that on your podcast for sure you transmute love yeah yeah it's important i mean we could get on there and, and be very uh opinionated and shocking or or fake, or or whatever. There's probably all kinds of characters we could inhabit and get on there and try to grift people, but I feel like if we spread love, it's going to come back to us, and it does. It always does. Yeah, and then, I mean, it will grow, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. It's really beautiful. You know what we're talking about. Growing the thing, yeah. <laughs> the seed. I've never thought about it as a seed before. It's a, it's a spore. We think of it as a mushroom spore. Like, you know, you, have you ever seen those like close-up videos, time-lapse videos of mushrooms doing their thing, and when they explode, like how ridiculous the amount of spores go out, and that, that's how that's how mushrooms are able to spread so much, and like they control the weather. I'm obs yeah. In that I'm way. obsessed with the natural patterns. It's crazy, but just think about that. Like we're mushrooms. We are. We have more in common with them than a lot of animals. So. We got spores. We can spread out our love spores. We can have those explosions. We could also have those those explosions and send spores of anger and resentment and hate and judgment and all that fucking bullshit. But if you if you're like tuning your soul, if you're tuning your temple, if you're treating yourself right, it's really easy to fucking get that love going. It feels like that's what's at the base of all this. Like the most ter it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever done is is smoke toad. And you get there, and it's like, it's all about love. Oh, my God. Like, it strips away every concept you could have of you. You completely die. And it's all love. And it's all groovy. It's all cool. So that seems to be what's at the base of this thing. Not 
not indifference. I think, I think cosmic love, it does have a quality of indifference in the balance that it's churning out all the time, but it's saying it's okay. Doesn't it feel like that's what it's communicating in pretty much every psychedelic, every ego shedding experience we've had, the voice behind the voices behind the voices is saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like this is happening for a reason. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? I I'm, I think uh, the I would love to see the eradication of capitalism and uh, class hierarchy because I I think that uh, we all want to see each other taken care of. There's a lot of interests that get in the way of that, but we all want to see each other taken care of. No one wants to see people on the streets. Nobody does. No one wants to see kids in cages and people on the streets. No one wants to see widespread addiction. No one wants to see hunger. No one wants to see exploitation and, and subjugation. So I feel like what's behind a lot of that stuff is capitalism and the capitalist mindset and greed. So if we can begin to dismantle and replace that, I think we're really on to something. I'll definitely second that. <laughs> I think you said that really well. I can't even imagine wanting anything else beyond that. So, I mean, I want a million things, but that seems to be what comes first. Well, you got to replace it with a mindset where we're all our brother's keepers. And you got to replace it with a mindset of, of not ownership, but like we're keepers of this land. And we got to protect this land and we got to take care of each other in order to keep this thing going. Like we want people to be able to have the experiences we've been privileged enough to have. But that's really not the case for a lot of people. And um, it, it really shouldn't be that way. And I, like, I could go on and on about it, but that would be a huge step in the right direction for humanity and, and pretty much our only choice right now if we want to um, continue the human race, it seems. We really have to get out of the capitalist mindset. And that's, uh, again, like everything we're saying starts at home. you got to slay your inner capitalist. you got to slay that little competitive fuckhead that that resides inside of you that looks at the world as competition that looks at the world in a scarcity model you got to slay that motherfucker and start looking at people in a different way and start looking at, at people really compassionately and like they deserve a good education and food and shelter and clothes and whatever else and and medicine and and reasonably priced goods like like we can get real and we can provide for each other because we do have the technology and um yeah if we stand a chance we have to start going in that direction yeah i was just watching this i think it was a summary of a movie called the gift economy or the idea is called the gift economy and it's all about what if we all just live from the place of, oh, well, when we have extra, we can share it. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's more the mindset we need to be getting into. Yeah. It's, it's just a generosity. Generosity so we can all rise up so everybody has what they need. And then we can really shine. Then we can really harmonize. Then we can really take this thing out like... To me, Elon Musk and these fucking asshole billionaires have no business being billionaires, let alone shooting trillions of dollars into outer space and failed experiments as they step over homeless people mm -hmm. to get into their offices. Are we kidding? Come on, man. Like, like we, we can do a lot better. 
and we can start to hold motherfuckers like that accountable. We just got to get out of the mindset where we glorify them. And we, I mean, we're hypnotized to do so by the media, but we got to get out of the mindset where we glorify billionaires and, and we fetishize them and we, we strive for that. And we're all, we're all going to be, we're all going to get to that place ourselves. Like, no, we're not, no, we're not. They're in control of everything. They're in control of the economy. They're, they're in control of the markets. They're, they're in control of our laws. So, you know, we, we have to stop fetishizing those people and we start have to look at look at them like they're the problem and how do we start to undo Yeah, that? and who do we fetishize then? Who replaces that? The 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 common person who's doing right by, by his people, that is who's doing right by his community. The, the the radicals who are out there who are feeding people, who are doing stuff, who don't want the spotlight on them. The people who are trying to help the, the, the public defenders, like to to me, those are the people like that you should be holding in the highest regard in this society. Public defenders, like they're doing the Lord's work. They're really, you know, the mm. good ones are really trying to help people who are in dire situations, who are like, who are are watching their lives being torn away. And then for somebody with compassion, with a compassionate heart, to step in there and help them out, it's a beautiful thing. Because those are a lot of times they're people that could be making a lot more money if they were in private practice. But um, yeah, it, it's it's more of a mindset like that. It's you know, we don't we don't have to glorify or fetishize anyone. But if we're going to hold in high regard anyone, it's going to be the people like that who are trying to make a, this a better place for everybody, who aren't just serving their greed. So almost like inverting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Do you have any other ideas for like practically how, you know, maybe some of the listeners out there, how we can work towards making this earth a better place? Spread love. Just spread love. You know, you know what it means when you're doing it. You know what it feels like and you know what it means. Drop the bullshit. Drop the story. And it pays dividends in all all areas of your life. Yeah, I think of what Ramdas says: all I can do is work on myself, and all that for all I can do for you is work on myself, and all you can do for me is work on yourself. Yep. I like that. No, yeah, no complex packaging there. <laughs> no. If you guys could go back ten years from now. What's one thing that you would tell yourself? We're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. And and we can go back and we do send messages to those people all the time. You know, like we're going to make it. We're going to be fine. We're still going to be together. We're going to make projects like it's it's all going to be good. You're going to have friends. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of stress. We've been together 10 years. So, yeah, there's a lot of drama along the way. Yeah. And, you know think i probably would have been a lot chiller earlier if i knew that it would all be okay but i you know at some point you realize it's all going to be okay and being scared is part of the dance so i don't i don't know i don't even regret any part of it i guess no i'd say buy bitcoin no i'm just kidding oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's a funny one yeah you guys are like a super dynamic couple (laughs) yeah it's been a ride. It's been a ride. It's a ride. It's or I guess thruple, ride. sorry. I like to keep it interesting. 
<laughs> no, we're we're a couple. We're a couple. Sometimes we have. Uh, sometimes people float in, and we're officially a couple again. Yeah, we're officially. We're definitely a couple oh. again. But uh, you know, sometimes we've been very open to. Uh, I mean, that's part of living a psychedelic lifestyle, and that's not for everyone at all. But we we're not polyamorous or anything we're we're very much monogamous and sometimes someone gets in on that with us and it's a weird thing i wouldn't even know how to label it or it's crazy it. that people have fallen in love with us at the same time and that we've fallen in love with them at the same time like yeah. it's kind of a crazy thing to have happened multiple times yeah and it shows how much we've merged essences where it's like we fall in love with someone and, and they fall in love with us it's like uh yeah I don't know. I wouldn't even know how to really it's describe it. It's been really it. fun. It's a vibe. My mom's like, why do you keep doing this? I'm like, I'm not trying to do this. It just keeps happening. Why wouldn't I do the most fun thing, you know? Mm. I don't know how you so could coordinate That's what though. happens. Like the timing. We don't either. That's <clears throat> we don't either. It's <laughs> clearly coming for you. That's why it only, that's why, it, yeah, that's, it, that's why it's like usually like four months of a good time. And if it lasts any longer than that, it's, it's, uh, we need a bigger place basically. Like it, cause that, that's what it comes down to for us is space. We're in New York city. This is a small apartment and you know, we're, I don't know. We're lovers. We're lovers, but we get our heart broken and yeah, we try to do right by people. And I feel like our role has been at least in looking at some of our last few relationships is that we like, we're a big dose of love because we have so much love between the two of us and that we've been doing this for so long that you can kind of step into a 10-year relationship and feel the love of a 10-year relationship. But then often I think what happens is that people are like, wow, I feel all this love. And now I know, now I have the confidence and excitement to go after that for myself. And it can be kind of sad because we get left in the dust, but they always end up happier and with like their next partner within like... (laughs) months or weeks so it's all good yeah (laughs) (laughs) it shows that like we're we're like a love school yeah i guess so yeah it's weird it's fucking really weird who knows i don't even know how this happens because it's not something we we pursue or like i don't know it's just it happens what happens is is we get so excited and we make new projects with people we're in love with and then when they're not around anymore, someone's like, hey, are you, what's your deal? And like, I'm like, oh man, what the fuck is this cycle? So I, I think it, I think it's in our charts. So we're, we're not resistant. We're just being very loving and forgiving of the people that we are. Also, we realize that we've like worked really well. We work really well in a three person dynamic and it's not, mostly it's not sexual. It mostly, it's like our buddy, Josh, we had the most incredible creative time with him the other day. Noah. Or, Noah or buddy Devin like Sean and I do really good with a third energy to play off of yeah it so, brings out the best in us yeah I think because we've been together so long and we're we are such one unit and we really stick together and we have a lot of the same thoughts and views on things someone else comes around and all of a sudden it's like there's sparkles and uh you know there's a come down from it for sure there's a come up and there's a come down and it's it's kind of like any drug experience but it, uh, the, the highs are so high that you're like, I don't know. Like, how could you not how do could it? You not do that? Yeah. You know, we're suckers. If you're, if you again, caveated with, if your values are based in having a really fun life. Yeah. And but I mean, I also think you have to be at some level of trusting yourself and trusting your partner before you could ever entertain such a thing. And I think 
that's probably really valuable yeah. i would think for anyone <clears throat> oh yeah yeah it, it's funny because i think people approach us thinking like that's the thing that they're going to be putting to the test and it's like uh, we already tested we already we we pressure tested that a while yeah, ago like, well, we, we trust each other we're not jealous like this, there's no jealousy or anything like that here um, yeah not with any of these situations like the the more in love if if i'm very in love cast benefits from that if she's very in love whether it's with me or someone else i'm gonna benefit from that so we just you know we accepting yeah but yeah it's it's, it's, it's a fucking complicated thing that uh keeps happening for some reason <laughs> maybe that's a wrap you were, were yeah we're in the mud a little bit on on uh <laughs> this is very new well thank you guys for being honest <laughs> yeah no I, yeah we don't know how to do I, anything no else. i i appreciate <laughs> it i guess I, not i didn't know but <laughs> obviously i didn't know <laughs> you heard it here first yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I just think it's really cool that your relationship can tolerate these ups and downs. Oh yeah, I think that's part of uh, part of the art of our life is uh, we're committed to this, so we know thick or thin, whatever we go through. Like it, we're not married because we get married every day. Like we fall in love further every day, and we make commitments and hold ceremony with each other every day. And I don't know, we just keep seeing it get better. It's only gotten better. So we're very committed to it. We're going to stick with each other. And um, for that reason, we're we're able to get like a little fast and loose sometimes. That's how the past few years has felt. Very fast and loose. Very uh, confusing if I stop and try to wrap my head around it. But in the moment, feels right. Feels in alignment with who we are. Totally. Hmm. I just wonder what you guys are going to make next. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. <laughs> Us too. Us too. Yeah. yeah. Man. We're always making something. We can't stop. Yeah, we can't stop. We'll make something. We'll make something. Sometimes it feels like, how could we ever do anything again? And it's like, how could we not? So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's the kind of high stakes art I want to make. I want to make this kind of thing. But by the end of the project, you're like, holy fuck. What the fuck? How, how could we? Uh, like, you know, just a mess. Heartbroken. And, uh, you know, you pick yourself up. You dust yourself off. And first there was a mountain. Then there was no mountain. Then there is. Yeah, you guys definitely yep. like the extremes. <laughs> <laughs> i guess so yeah for two people who like like to live within the comfort of their own apartment 99 percent of the time we like to try to we have to use some mm -hmm. other ways of bringing some excitement into our yeah, world yeah totally. <laughs> and sean what were you saying earlier about this getting over fear being an addiction i've never heard that oh yeah i mean like it's a good thing to get addicted to is is growing and when you're facing your fears, you're inevitably going to grow. If you're like, if you drink ayahuasca once a month for eight months, like we did last year, you're, you're, it's a one way ticket into the shadow realm every time. And you're going to come across some demons down there and they're there and you can choose to uh, retreat into your fears and have a bad trip, or you can choose to make friends with those motherfuckers and have a good trip. 
and I want to have a good trip in life and in ayahuasca. <laughs> so um, it is an addictive thing to, to face them. And anything that brings them out, including a breakup, including like the loss of somebody that you hold dear, bring it, mm. bring it. It stings, but it's, uh, it's, it's part of the practice. It's part of life. It's part of practicing dying. This is what's happening. You accept it and uh, you make friends with the demons. <laughs> yeah, well, I've never thought about it as being like an addiction or something like that. I, I feel like on every episode, almost every episode, I'm constantly telling people to run, like go towards the fear. It comes up at some point. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I may be a little too going towards it. <laughs> Now that you think about just, I've never <laughs> thought about it as being, you know, everything's kind of a spectrum or a balance. Like it could go either way. It could still go off the rails. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and like it, it, it stems from like, you just got to start with like tagging your feelings every now and then and be like, Oh, whoa, what's that triggered? What is this thing that's coming up right now? And it yeah. happens all the time. And, uh, if you start tagging hmm. them, you, you start to get a little bit, a little bit onto the way things start to play out in your life if you go down that path every time. So, you know, you're like, oh, if this is bringing up my anxiety, which is going to bring out me yelling or which is going to bring out me fucking being raw to cast for some reason. You know, you, you tag that and you figure out what it's rooted in and usually it's some sort of fear. And if you if you try to just even that, bringing it onto the level of, of conscious awareness, it starts to work itself out. Yeah, I th this is actually really crazy. What I'm just realizing is I think like if you try to get over too much fear at one time, then it's just a stress. Yeah, I yeah. think oh, I'm not like a crazy fear seeker, <laughs> but I think that it may just be a little too much of a stress. Like, yeah. Why are you making yourself do this? Totally oh, don't have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, like smoking toad for the first time was like that. It was it was uh a, a stressful rebirth almost an integration because I had, I had faced like so many things and I was facing so many things and I was like manically trying to, you know, make things right and create balance and stuff. And it, it was, uh, you know, it, 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 it was how I handled it. And I love that motherfucker, but it's, it, it's, it can be a lot. It can be a lot for sure. So I guess the question still is, do you want to know when you're going to die? Metaphorically. Well, uh, no, not really. Were you about to answer the other no. question? Do you, do you want to know when you're going to die no, in general? I, do I, do I want to know when I'm going to die in general? I, oh man, that would be tempting if someone held that information and came to you with it and said this is for sure would you would you like that'd be tempting fucking thing to know because then you could be like okay I, here's the plan uh, all right i gotta do this this and this i got i can't sit around and you know whatever but i i don't know i i really i like the great mystery of it all i like it i i, I do but we've been told we're gonna live long lives i have a we have a plan Sean's seven years older than me, so he's going to live to 100, and I'm going to live to 93, and we're going to go out together, yeah. huh. ideally. Mm -hmm. So I also believe that if someone thought they could tell me when I was going to die, that I could change the timeline. So it's like, do you want to yeah. like live your life being like trying to change the timeline or live your life being like, okay, this is the timeline. I'm going to make the most of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
So you guys believe you can change the timeline at its core? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I believe every minute we're changing the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I don't like it because it's too much responsibility. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, you're, you're kind <laughs> of constantly crystallizing your destiny and with, with your actions, with your words, with the way you treat people, with the way you come off, with the stuff that you're taking in and... Uh, yeah, it can be a little bit, a little bit stressful to be aware of that. So, but it, I, I think, it, an awareness of it does help you live in in higher accordance with something. You know, you you want to tune yourself to something better, with an awareness that you're constantly crystallizing your destiny and you're constantly changing the timeline based on what's going on and and how you're feeling, what you're thinking about, who you're around. Mini break. Be right back. Like, oh, this is a moment of yeah. silence. <laughs> but, I mean, that is one thing that I really, really enjoy about your podcast. I enjoy the the moment of silence or, like... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, we're, it's just a vibe. Like, we try to create an atmosphere where it's it's not... What we're saying isn't that important. It's just, like, kind of giving the audience permission to chill and permission to chill with us and, like, kind of hang out with... I know it's a one-sided conversation, but just kind of hang out with us. Yeah. No, I definitely... It, it like, gives it a certain energy about it. Like, I, I think I really like the unseriousness. Yeah, we we don't know how to be super serious, or it doesn't it doesn't look great on us, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like when Sean's being super serious, I'm like, God, stop! And when I'm being super serious, he's like, Ugh, stop! Yeah, it's it seems to be like that's the that's the one thing that that we really uh, we keep each other in check with that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds serious. Better stop. <laughs> But it it really is cool that you guys are so like in alignment with so many things. Yeah, and I've I've ha- I have to warn people like it's not might not be super fun hanging out with us because we will it'll always be two against one because we're always gonna want to watch the same movie we're always gonna want to listen to the same album we're always gonna want to go out for a walk at the same time like it's kind of yeah. probably sick. Was it always yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were hooked on each other from the first second we met. At, like, I saw Cass and I knew I was so in love with her and I knew we were going to have a long, exciting adventure together and that we're still at the beginning of it. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like we really got on the same page really quick. And we prom- we we agreed to be friends for 10 years in the first 10 minutes of meeting because we were like, whoa, hi, hello. Yeah. Like, we yeah, it was cool. are, care about the same things. We have the same priorities in life. We see things the same way. And this is special, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. very clear very quickly that we were very, like, uh, connected to each other. Yeah. That we should honor that connection. Yeah, and I, I hadn't really experienced, like, I, I've had... I've had plenty of loves in my life, but nothing like that. Nothing that uh, that I can remember the second that we first locked eyes and like just it just knew a whole bunch of stuff about how this was going to go down. It was really wild, and and like getting there was a was a weird ass trip. But I think uh, we were always on the same page, and it's just like we we still are. So I don't know. There's it's it's, it's it feels very bullshit free. It feels like neither one of us are trying to play each other in any way. And you got to the 10 years. 
Yeah. That's well, nothing. Well, congratulations. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 10 more. 10 more decades, I'm hoping 10 for. more decades. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> if we could if we could stay uh healthy. <laughs> 150 here I come mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. What's the strangest ritual or practice that you guys have ever tried? Strangest ritual or practice? Probably portal day. That's our new holiday. That's a church of chill holiday that we that we've created and we've done 3 years in a row and it's um January 11th, 111. And uh you get together with your friends or by yourself, whatever. You write down all your fears. Then at 1.11 p.m. you take some acid or whatever you have, or say a prayer. And then at the end of the trip, usually around 1.11 in the morning, you burn the fears. And um, it's a really, uh, we kind of took it for granted the first couple couple of years how powerful the practice was. And then this year we really, when we were writing the fears, we were going through them. And then we kind of had to really burn them out in in our real lives not just by writing and burning them but like we had to burn them out so uh it's a little bit of a weird new ritual and a new practice but uh i think we i think we are going to do that a few times a year but 111 is the official portal day of church of chill our first holiday yeah now that's crazy to go through that and then also know that other people are going through it too that that was what was so powerful about it this year is because uh, people in the Discord were doing it with us. And, you know, before it was just four of us in our apartment here. And this year it was six of us in our apartment and then probably another, I don't know, 20 or 30 people that we know of that were that were doing it and, like, reporting in and, you know, telling us how powerful of a, of a experience it was, so we we just we just have the idea we we just we're just like here's the canvas let's all figure out how to decorate this together let's figure out what this thing's all about like we know we we only know a couple things about it we know that for us write the fears take the acid burn the fears <laughs> do you think that things are more powerful in groups like inherently uh yeah yeah of course i don't know if you've ever done like a group meditation or anything it's uh it's extremely powerful it's like it, you you can it, it's and uh, for us um, you, taking psychedelics was something when we first started doing it was very private like we couldn't handle doing it with more than four people and then last year we did a thing called space camp and we 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 tripped pretty hard on acid with like 25 30 other people and it took us to heights that like we couldn't believe the same thing with our relationship someone else comes in and and uh you know, this this other energy takes over. There's like this other thing that we're all serving all of a sudden. And uh, yeah, you can definitely, it enhances the experience for sure. It reminds me of like, Nothing. I think about this idea that like, I wonder, are we missing something by not going to, ha- to have a service together on Sundays, like in a church, like mm-hmm. what typically, Yeah. or, you know, it could be anything, mm-hmm. but typically humans were very communal with their service absolutely even like um like uh the 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 societies that like bathe together in japan apparently live longer happier lives just just these things where we can where i think i think like the essence of of what's going to help you live a long happy life is feeling connected to this experience and when you disconnect from it, it's like it's it's the pathway towards depression and despair. 
But um, if you can if you can maintain that feeling of connection, and that's what service does for us, ceremony, getting together with each other, you know, that kind of thing. You know, group like going to concerts, you can feel it. Like when you go to a when you go to a Grateful Dead concert, it's it's a big ceremony. It's like seventy thousand people, and it's an all day ceremony, and you leave there buzzing, just just feeling very connected to people, knowing that there's other freaks like you out there. It's it's a uh, I think it's an important part of living a long and happy life is feeling connected. What makes you guys feel the most connected? Uh, each other, you know, that's like, it's like I wake up next to my dream girl every day and it makes me feel great. It's, I don't even know if I would be making art. I don't even know if I would have the audacity to, to call myself an artist or want to be an artist if I wasn't so inspired by my partner and feeling connected to my body and another person and shared goals. So uh, that's that's my main inspiration in this life. That's beautiful. Cassie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same. I like, some people do better alone. You know, some people do well alone. I'm like, I eat potato chips and watch TV like... 22 hours a day it went, like before Sean like we, there was a period where mm-hmm. you know I was kind of like left to my own devices and you'd think that like as an only child that I should like be really self-sufficient but I have a really I he like gives me a reason to show up and I think that's why it's no coincidence that people who need relationship find relationship you know it's not necessarily the be-all end-all for everyone but like for our path and what we need in this life to feel whole and full you know, I think that for us, it's relationship for someone else. It might be art or um, creativity or anything else. Like there's no, I'm really learning that there's no one way to do this life thing, but I definitely cl- count my lucky stars that I found Sean, you know, cause he makes this whole thing fun. He keeps me tethered and he also gives me a kick in the ass right when I need it. <laughs> hmm. So it's more than just inspiration. It's actually like that reminder voice that sometimes you would otherwise have to hear from yourself. You hear it from somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I, I would just, I'm just like, I, I have a reason to show up. He gives me a reason to show up and be a better version of myself because I, there's a level of accountability within this relationship that, um, I rely on a lot of times. So, you know, it would be cool to like do do the dance differently in another go around but i'm really trying to enjoy this one <laughs> this is the hand we've been dealt yeah yeah no that makes sense yeah the, Sean, I don't... the accountability yeah yeah sean and i don't really have a choice about being together you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't really feel up to us in a lot of ways you know there's like a a magnetic force that keeps us together and that's why like I think we can talk about how other relationships aren't necessarily threatening or scary because it's like we have come to that deeper knowing the thing that I would have wanted to tell myself 10 years ago like you guys are going to be together like doing the psychedelic experiences doing the ayahuasca living a million lives together seeing mm-hmm. him old and young and different versions of him through you know the consciousness expanding realities of psychedelics has allowed me to be like fuck you're my person you know what i mean i might as well enjoy it rather than judge you or judge the way we relate to each other or judge the fights that we have it's like 
no, this is, this is it. This is it. Don't, don't dream of a better partner. Show up to this partnership and make it the best you can, you know, cause I wouldn't prefer to, if I, there's something I don't like about this relationship, I think early on I'd be like, well, maybe I'll meet a guy who's not like Sean or something, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you realize like, no, he is, he's the guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's the guy. So there's no like daydreaming outside of this relationship. And it's very much because I've come to understand him. I mean, he's his own person, but he's also a very divine reflection of me that, you know, the lessons that are a little more prickly are my lessons, you know, they're not, they're not outside of me. It's not something happening to me. It's happening for me. And I think that our practice has allowed us to be within this relationship where we get the most out of it and take the best from it, if Mm. that makes sense. Mm. Good shit. So how do you guys want to to bring this to the world out there? Like, what's your dream for either the Church of Till or or your podcast? We just we we wanted to keep spreading as just a, a reminder that like chilling out and you know taking a breath and taking some time for yourself is uh, is an important thing that probably is undervalued in our society in lieu of productivity. So, um, you know, our dream is that, uh, we, that we put out these little transmissions that, that just give people that permission and then that spreads in their life. But as for the church of chill, like we would love to have a real, a real place where people could come and, and stay with us for a week and, and finish their record or, or, or finish a project or start a project or paint or do a ceremony of some sort. You know, we, we, of course, dream of that. You know, that that's probably the next chapter once we leave New Oh, York you City. say of course, so. but I mean, I, I never would have known that. That's super cool. Like a residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think we can do it. I think we could probably pretty easily legally turn the Church of Chill into an actual church and um, be able to take donations from people that could help us like give scholarships, like help people come pay them to come finish their project, pay them to come do a project for the church of chill where we could put out compilation albums where we can, uh, you know, help get people's art out there. Stuff that's made there, stuff that's finished there, stuff that's inspired by the vibe, that kind of thing. Like a creativity producer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the dream. Yeah. I I definitely dream of that. I dream of, Helping people birth albums and art projects and different mm. things for that's, sure. Yeah, no, that's really interesting yeah. because I feel like there's support, not support, but like there's a system for albums. Like there's a producer of albums, but there there's not really anything like that for most other forms of art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a like a place that would uh would like artists from around the world would be like, oh, I really want to go there. I really I would love to connect with some other like-minded people and see what other artists I meet there and, and be a part of this celebration or that ceremony or whatever. So I th- I think that's, um, that's, uh, it feels inevitable. It's like, it's kind of the prayer overall is that maybe that space, uh, somehow comes to us. <laughs> Do you guys turn towards anyone for inspiration or like guidance, like a mentor? Not directly as Mm -hmm. much as like, I think we're very inspired by Alex and Alison Gray. They 
formed the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors, and that's actually, we've been there a bunch of times, and it's not too far from where we grew up, so they're super inspiring. Um, You know, we're trusting that we're going to keep meeting the homies along the way that that push us further. It's it's all the people that listen to our stuff and talk to us in Discord now. It's like they're they're the most inspiring people in our lives, and just... It's lit a fire under our ass. So yeah, we we look to to the community for for inspiration and um and and wisdom really. Yeah, I think of Gail who hosted Space Camp yeah. at her place. Like she's uh, super inspiring and holds it down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of inspiration. Yeah, so it's almost like the community builds itself. Yeah. Yeah, it should be self-sustaining in that way, I feel like. Yeah, we don't want to be like, we want to help facilitate things, but we don't want to be like in charge. <laughs> yeah, yes. We don't really like <laughs> rules in our lives, so we don't really want to put rules in other people's lives. Or hierarchies or anything or anything like that. I like that. So you're basically like gathering people who can go on to form their own pockets. I mean, the most exciting thing is when people, like a, a couple of guys up and um, up in Canada, were like, "We formed the Toronto Church of Chill chapter, and we like got together and sat by a campfire and did mushrooms together and played the latest episode." It's like that's yeah. that's what's up. Yeah. That's what that's what it is. It's that's like, inspiring. We want to like be that mushroom sport where it's like, okay, we are like a New York chapter, but you're creating the you know this that's really different chapters where it's uh there's kind of a eat like a a way of relating you know music as sacrament art is uh creativity is a transmission of the divine yeah yeah it feels like um yeah it it feels like like an excuse an, an excuse to chill it feels like like a permission to invite dopeness and rad friends into your life and just to to smoke one down and enjoy yourself. <laughs> so how many chapters are there? I think there's at least four. What? Chapters? Yeah. 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 Totally. There's I think some, Griff's holding one down in yeah, like uh in the Pittsburgh Columbus area. Pittsburgh Columbus area. I've they've done some some definitely cool Toronto. Mm-hmm. There's some in uh, like Arizona area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Oregon. we're fledgling. We're fledgling right now, but we're getting out there. <laughs> I think we just, you know, you have to create the world you want to live within. And I want to, I like church. I mean, I wasn't, grow, I wasn't raised religious, so I, I don't have a lot of, I think a lot of people have initial like hesitation or resistance to any sort of structure. Um, but I, I like going now and I like the idea of like creating a space to worship and I want to see that and I want to see it in a way that's not giving money to the Catholic Church or corrupt organizations, but that's giving money to local artists or helping um, keep a community alive or giving people space to gather and commune and maybe eventually we can safely facilitate psychedelic journeys for people as that becomes more legal and an option. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we're hosting dimary ceremonies or maybe there's MDMA ceremonies for couples, you know, like kind of, it's like uh, with an expanded tool belt of what churches have been for people. You know, Mm -hmm. I think 
uh, you know, before you got married, you had to go see the pa- pastor or the priest or whatever and, <laughs> and do these classes. And I mean, I've had friends who have gone through those class and it's classes and it's like the most horrendous stuff ever that they tell people, you know, our friend couldn't have kids and they were like, you need to have kids. And they even said it in their vows. And I'm like, she literally can't have kids. And you're saying that the best part about marriage is uh, having kids. And not only that, you're saying the community that you want your kid, this child that you can't have born into is this oppressive, judgmental community. Like, fuck that. You know, we, we have to we have to create the thing that we want to replace those institutions. We can't just sit around and try to reform them and it ain't going to happen. So you just got to take it yourself. Like we're, we're here to do something. So it feels like something to go towards right now for sure. Well, that's what I really like about the whole concept. It seems like something is missing Mm -hmm. from our societal structures and maybe these new alternative churches and changing the idea of what a church can be will bring people together. Oh yeah. Like that, that would, that would be such a, dope future is like millions of like little churches and like they're just all they are they're they're just in service to different vibes and in worship to different vibes and they have different sacraments and they look different and they feel different different ceremonies there's a couple within the same town one's more punk rock more one's more you know (laughs) yeah yeah totally like uh, and i i just think that would be a really cool future a place where people can gather a a place where people can get on the same page and fucking let go and and worship whatever the fuck they want. I'd also love to expand it to a place where, you know, the people that I admire most right now are the people that are figuring out how to feed community, Mm -hmm. you know, bring, uh, bring food to people who don't have easily access food or who are struggling because of this pandemic. Like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things that any person has ever done. And so, I feel like every time I think about the church of chill, I'm like, we ain't shit. You know, there are people no, out there I, yeah. feeding people, yeah. you know, and that's, that's like the high water mark that I hope that we can evolve to. Yeah. Cause right now we're just keeping ourselves busy and just <laughs> trying to put a good vibe out there in these tough times. Yeah. And I do think there's some kind of tension between making art and taking on some of those bigger missions and, I think that it's really cool that you guys are giving space for mm. people to serve art and to be chill uh, because I don't think there always has to be some big important thing mm. that that we're trying to solve and I think that that just being and being able to be happy in that is something of great value. totally it's like what we were saying about the films keep it as open as possible because then it can evolve to so many different things it can become so many things so you you just try to keep it as 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 blank of a slate as possible you guys are great to hang out with i can totally see how you do this every week it's awesome (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us on. This has been a really, really fun conversation. Yeah. Your questions are very thoughtful. And yeah. you definitely sent us the most prepared uh, pre-email. And I really appreciated all that because it made me feel very comfortable going in. and Stick with it. You're yeah. good. Yeah, you're great. 
Thank you. That's such great feedback because I'm always tweaking it and trying to figure out how to help people be the most comfortable. Yeah. No, I've never gotten anything like that. And it just was like, all right, cool. Like, these are the questions I, you know, you always have, but people just kind of like you, uh, yeah, by, by saying the thing you can allow for, yeah, very cool conversation. And the last question, you guys get to give the listeners a challenge to take on for the week a challenge close your eyes for 20 minutes and meditate follow your breath yeah just listen to your breath and for you, 20 minutes and if, if following your breath's not working uh say ohm to yourself over and over, over and, and over and over and over and over and thoughts will come and thoughts will go and thoughts will come and thoughts will go but give yourself 20 minutes like that i mean preferably twice a day but even once a week yeah if you're feeling like you had a long day and you have a whole evening ahead of you try those 20 minutes it gives you a whole new fresh start Mm. i every day that i like am a little late to it i'm like oh i'm fucking fried out or yeah you know it's just it's been the biggest gift in my world so that is my challenge okay that's our challenge double your double challenge double dare double dare That's true. You guys are my first double interview. (laughs) Okay, so for everyone out there listening, please send me an email and let me know how these weekly challenges are going for you because I'm going to be doing a whole episode on on feedback from the weekly challenges. Cool. Cool. All right, well, I'll talk to you guys again next week for more Archives for Aliens. (laughs) 